I'm Micah Boyette, and you're listening to The Slow Way, a podcast about the quiet goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. This is a space where we're learning the inefficient gifts of rest, of prayer, and the practice of going slow in a world that tells us our worth is found only in our speed, success, or power. This is a space where we practice paying attention to what's real, the true thing deep down underneath the surface where love lives, remembering that sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. This Advent, as we've marked the two-year anniversary of The Slow Wave, we've been on a four-week series I'm calling Believing in Believing. We're practicing the same small spiritual practice, not just once a week, but every day together. I think it's been special, and I'm grateful you've been here making space to be reminded, especially this Advent season. This is episode 75. The story that goes on forever. An advent of believing and believing, part three. Let's go the slow way. When people ask why I'm traveling this weekend, it's generally with the kindest form of curiosity. Oh, starting your Christmas travels early. Chris says that my penchant for authenticity can throw people off. Read Debbie Downer, and that I don't always have to tell them the full story, especially at a holiday cocktail party or in line at the grocery store. Fair enough, but it feels weird to say, I'm heading to my mom's for a shopping weekend, which is the story I told the stylist painting on my partial highlights this past Tuesday. I was tempted to tell the whole of it, but I heard my husband's voice gently reminding me that I don't have to share all the hardest things in my life with all the strangers. So I kept it light. Christmas shopping will happen this weekend, the two-year anniversary of my dad's death. But I don't know. It's weird to call it shopping when the real story is grief. When I think about my dad's death, I think of the hymns we sing to him the stories we told him as he lay between us. And I think of the popsicle stick sponges I bought the day before he died, once he'd stopped drinking and I couldn't stand to see his lips so parched, dipping the tiny pink sponge in water and pressing it to his mouth, watching the water drip down his chin, wiping it away. I think of reading the last few pages of C.S. Lewis's The Last Battle aloud to him in the middle of the night while we took turns sitting up with him, my brothers and mom grabbing a couple of hours of sleep in various parts of the house. The things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them, I read aloud to him in the dark. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. 
that I believe that my dad's real story was finally beginning. I don't know what I believed. I'm not sure I know the difference between belief and hope. Do you? When I remember reading the final page of Narnia's adventures to my dad during his last night on Earth, I always flash further back to memories of him reading to me. Sweet Pickle's books and his original stories, me under the covers and his form beside me in the soft light doing all the voices. If anyone taught me to love what words can do, it was him. At last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, I whispered. It was 2 a.m., which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever. The work of helping my dad into the next story was holy and heavy with love. And the words I spoke lived in the realist part of me. I think that's what it means to believe, even when doubt is ever-present. By January and February, I was making it through some days without tears, but church always broke the grief right out of my body. And usually, it was when we recited the Apostles' Creed, that last little bit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. The body and the life. His body so recently had lain beside me, and then it was gone. This choice to believe that somehow he was now himself again, fully whole in the real and healing presence of God, ever and lasting, it gutted me every time. I realized that somehow, despite all the reasons the rules of the world might say otherwise, I believed the story of life everlasting. The great story that no one on earth has read. The story that goes on forever. I believed not because I understood it, but because I had so recently been present for its opposite. The end of a story. The silencing of a life I loved. And somehow in my dad's leaving, there was light and love and courage. The presence of love at his death had confirmed something deep and good in me. I believed in resurrection. Maybe it's strange to write about death during Advent, a season of waiting for a birth. But birth and death go hand in hand, and I've been thinking we should consider them together more often. Last week, I spoke about Mary's choice to give birth to a child from God and how her consent led to her powerful song of liberation. How does consent lead to liberation? The same way that death leads to new life, the same way the end of a story leads to a story that goes on forever, 
This is the logic of love. And the door to that love somehow has to do with belief. Despite its sweet carols, its play-acted nativity performances, its evergreen decor and twinkle lights, Advent is a season about waiting, not a season about joy. Joy comes later on Christmas Eve. The weeks leading up to it are for the rest of our experiences. To prepare, we have to reckon with fear and loss and endings. Otherwise, how can we recognize joy when it arrives? Advent reminds us that while the life everlasting can feel impossible to cling to, we all long for stories of transcendence. Mary, who risks everything because she believes in angels' promise, who sings of oppressors defeated and weak ones lifted to power, a baby who brings the presence of God to everyone, regardless of culture, opportunity, or ability. Advent invites us to believe in a world turned upside down through love, a God who reaches into death itself and begins a new story, one that goes on forever. I believe in resurrection. And I'll believe it this weekend as I visit my dad's grave with my brothers and mom, and as we head to a breakfast of huevos rancheros at our favorite local spot afterwards. I'll believe not because it's natural, but because I'm practicing, waiting, preparing, and because all good stories start with love. slow practice. All good stories start with love. Throughout this Advent season, I'm encouraging us to practice a five-minute centering prayer every night before bed or every early morning. This week, as you sit for prayer, light a candle and focus your attention on a word that speaks to opposing experiences in your life. Where are you being invited to hold death and life, fear and courage, belief and doubt in the same hand? What might it mean for you to embrace the hope of God with us in the midst of the deaths, losses, and endings in your life? Spend some time considering this and ask God to reveal a word to you that encapsulates the opposing realities of your life. Imagine holding that word in your heart, in the presence of the Spirit of God. When we practice centering prayer, we sit in silence, focus on breathing deeply, and whenever our mind wanders, we bring it back with gentleness to the word we've chosen. Set a timer for five minutes. And as you begin, you can pray these breath prayers with me. Breathe in. Welcome God with us. Breathe out. Bring hope to the world. Mm-hmm. 
Breathe in. I invite your story that never ends. Breathe out. Teach me to wait for it. Breathe in. I welcome belief and hope. Breathe out. I'm making room for faith. When you're ready to settle into your time of contemplation, use your imagination to hold your word in the center of you. When your timer goes off, you can close with this prayer that comes from the last battle. Here I am, Lord, watching for the beginning of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever. Teach me to wait with hope. Thanks for being here, choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here is a way of refusing to conform with the culture around us. And look at us, we're making space for a fuller vision of ourselves and others, making space for wisdom, making space for love. And that, friends, is no small thing. Big thanks to Jason Boyette for designing our slow way graphic and the always lovely Angelina Marie for editing. My new book, Blessed Are the Rest of Us, How Limits and Longing Make Us Whole, is available for pre-order anywhere books are sold, and pre-orders can really affect how booksellers approach my book when it eventually releases in April. I hope you'll consider clicking on the link in the show notes and supporting me. Also, while you're thinking about supporting me, why don't you share this podcast or my Substack letter with a friend you think might enjoy it, especially someone looking for a meaningful way to mark this Advent season. Subscribing and sharing goes a long way, and you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify as well. Next week's Slow Way podcast will be releasing early on Sunday, Christmas Eve. Let's look for each other then. And as always, I want to hear how this practice goes for you. Reach out to me on threads or Instagram at Micah Boyette. Have a beautiful week. I'll meet you back here soon.